But can I invite the team? We're going to have a bit of a panel of some of the staff and some of the volunteers tonight where we just talk about serving people. We talk about engaging because at the heart of what we're doing and what we're called to be is a, is a sign and wonder to this watching world. And um, often they're coming on Sundays and maybe you wonder why Sunday? Is that the, the only day you can do church? No, we could do church any day of the week. But we're actually here to reach the city. We, we aren't here for ourselves to entertain Christians. I, I've said it many times from this pulpit that um, I, I can't do church for the rest of my life to entertain Christians. I just can't. There's got to be a mission. There's got to be mess in the mix. There's got to be people who haven't encountered Christ, who are encountering for the first time. There's got to be the cries of baby Christians and the wisdom of the wise. There's got to be all that in the mix. And it's a little bit messy. It's a little bit challenging. And yet... In the journey, we're encountering Jesus in phenomenal, phenomenal ways. And so it's the life of new stories, new marriages, new babies. Uh, there was a baby born this week. There's more babies coming. New marriages happening and life coming there, doing a wedding on Friday. And then also navigating a funeral next week. It's people in the life. Of, that's what church is. And it's a sign and wonder when it's working well. And so I want to hand over to Mark and to this amazing team. I'll be back. I need my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, but so we thought we would do something different tonight for team night. We're very close. I'm going to sit here. Why are we good? That's for the Holy Spirit. I'm not too sure what's going on. <laughs> this is why we don't need him, let him uh, do the operations in the church, guys. This is, this is why we have serving teams right there. But uh, so we just thought we would do something different tonight and kind of hear from some of the key voices in our story. Uh, you may not see all of them on a Sunday, but uh, Candice, together with Mark, they lead the church. And uh, Jerry is part of uh, the team here. He's on staff. He's uh, worship administration, but also leading and pioneering in the youth space on a Friday night. And they have over like uh, 100 kids on a Friday night here in this space. Come on. Where's the youth team? Give us a shout. There you go. And Norman is an amazing man. He's a life group leader, but also part of the Next Step space. And you will see him bouncing around on a Sunday and connecting with every visitor that you can see. But he's an amazing man. Also, preach a fire sevens preach. So if you haven't heard it, go check it out. But we just thought we would ask them a couple of questions. But also, we believe that people matter, that we, our vision is on the wall, reach far, raise up, and release wide, that we want to reach far for Jesus Christ. We want to reach those far from Jesus Christ as well. And we want to raise those up in Jesus Christ. That's why these moments are important, that we gather together, that we do life with one another, but also that we are becoming more like Jesus and so that we can serve our city well. And then we want to release wide for his kingdom so that we, when we go out into the marketplaces, our schools, our homes, that actually we're carrying the core of God on our lives and that we can also give of that. And so we're going to just chat a little bit tonight, ask some questions, maybe hopefully help you, hopefully help you and uh, answer some of your questions. But Jerry has been in the life of the church for a number of years now. Yeah, Jerry, 16. how? 16 years. 16 years. Okay. He, was, he was born in the corner <laughs> over there by the water fountain. <laughs> there we go. So, so born in the corner, raised in this church. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but um, so you have a lot of memories in this church. You've seen different seasons in the life of the church. Yeah. But also you've seen the, the gift of serving in the life mm. of the church. And you have been served in many ways. You've grown up in this church. You've been in youth. You've been on the drums. People have taught you how to play drums. But maybe just share one memory with us. Like, what is one way that someone has served you profoundly in the life of the church that has made an impact on your life that maybe you didn't think that that person would come into your life or something like that? Yeah. 
I mean, you stole my story, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> we prepared um, this well. Of course, of course, I've been in the church for a very long time, growing up here. Um, yeah, and I remember when I was 13, um, I was standing like over here somewhere, um, and the, church, the stage was a bit smaller at that time, so the drums were also a bit louder. Um, so I was seeing this guy play drums, Don. His name was Don Bush. And I was like, yes, man, I want to learn how to play drums one day. Like, I'm so keen. And then um, I went to our very first um, youth meeting, and it was led by a guy called Jonathan Schutz, and he had a drum kit there, and I was like, sick, let me learn how to play drums. And you were and obviously very good from the start, right? No, oh, okay. I was very bad. And I was super ADHD, so I was just banging the drums. Um, and he was like, no, let me show you how to play drums. And I think the reason that is one of my favorite memories of someone serving me in church is actually like it woke up this dream and gift in me that I never knew I had. Um, and a lot of young people are coming to church and they're, they're watching all of us. They're watching each and every single one of us and maybe they don't know their gift, their God-given gift. And for me, that like music is something that was in me, but it was awoken by someone um, that, I, that, that was actually willing to like teach me. Um, and I mean, there's so many memories. And for those who don't know who Donovan Bush was, he was just a normal guy just serving a normal in the local guy. church. Drumming, yeah, yeah. He used to bring his whole drum kit. So you would take this drum kit off, <laughs> he would bring his whole drum kit. Yeah, he didn't like our one. No, he didn't. He didn't like Every ours. morning. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, also like my first pair of drumsticks he bought for me. Um, and yeah. I'll never forget that um, because I couldn't afford it. I mean, I couldn't afford drumsticks. Um, and... It was, yeah, it was something that really, like, has stuck to me, and that's what I want to do as well. And I think that's why I love serving. Yeah. It's not just about us. It's actually for everyone else. Yeah. Amazing. Mark, you've seen Jerry grow up in the life of the church. Apparently, he was born in that corner. I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. A corner um, right over there <laughs> where the water fountain is. <laughs> yeah, now you know. Don't go to that water fountain on a Sunday. <laughs> things, there's going to be dust there from now on. <laughs> Those memories, and, and that's where part of what we're doing in this moment is just reminding ourselves of the power of this thing. Yeah. For me, coming to, I went to a church that met on top of the Durban station. I remember arriving there, and there was a guy that I knew. He was a very big Lani. Um, he was the group CFO at the time of Mr. Price, which was the big office right there. And I drove in, I thought, yes, this folks in the car park. What's he doing in the car park? I just couldn't get my head around this guy was out with an orange bib on ushering cars in the car park. And I just, I remember being, uh, it just revealed to me, actually, this is different. Maybe if that's, if that's the one thing, this is different. This is a place where hierarchies of the world and positions of the world get laid down and, and, and this, those who serve are lifted up and, and, and it's different. It's a different world and the kingdom of God is different. And if the church isn't different in that regard, I'm telling you, we're missing it. And, and my concern is in much of the church, it's not that different. And, and the challenge has to be when I see the faces, the names of people serving coffee, and I love going yeah. up to people and saying, well, you know that guy just served you coffee. Let me tell you about their, what they do um, during yeah, the week. And, and let me tell you about that amazing lady who's an estate lawyer who sings and worships Jesus passionately, um, and the ABSA-branded guy with the red ABSA thing leading worship. Let me tell you about that. Uh, 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 Shout uh, out you, to Neville. And then people go, oh, wow. Yeah, and they got you at 6 o'clock in the morning to serve you. It's what moves people. It's what, oh, wow, this is, this is real. This isn't just some show put on. No, it's real when you see that stuff. So those are, sorry, 
Just no, no, no. So that segues into my next question is, sometimes we can feel like we're not making an impact on a Sunday. We're coming for the umpteenth time. There we go. Just serving the local church right Jeez. there. Come on. Anthony Condori. Yes. Um, a lot like Jesus. <laughs> I was testing. You guys all failed. By the way. All of you just... We'll talk later. We, we planted that prop <laughs> yeah. earlier. It's fine. But some of us may feel, oh, we pitch up every Sunday and we're serving coffee for the umpteenth time and then there's a grumpy person at the coffee station and they're saying it's too hot or too cold and we keep on coming here and maybe we're not making a difference. But what bigger impact do we have when we serve in the local church? Or we a leader on a Sunday and we maybe don't have a role on a serving team on that Sunday, but we still have an influence. We still have an impact in someone's life. How is that even connected to the kingdom story? Why is that so important? I mean, we've got seven questions there. No, no, no. No, one, one. Um, Just one. So, you can see uh, I studied English. <laughs> it's, I think on, on a couple levels. One, I know in my own life the tragedy of growing up in a home where we had someone who, did, who came in and helped clean the house. There's a tragedy there. You get deprived of the opportunity to serve in your home. And, 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 and take me, please, hear that. Then our whole world changed as a family, and when there was no one who could serve, and we didn't have resources to have employ someone. But in the local church, there's the, willing, there's the ability to learn to serve in a family that is essential for us to become the sign and wonders of the world. So that's, to me, that's the first miracle, and that's what I love. The, the privilege of that, the, what happens and why it's important, is that people are walking in these doors, and, and sometimes it's just, you know how many people have said to me, someone said to me, I was about to leave, and someone said, welcome home. It's, it's a thing we just put on the wall. Actually, we're not the most unique church in the world. Many, many, many churches use that statement. But when someone says it to someone, it takes something that's a sign on the wall and makes it a personal statement. It changes the game. And someone walks in, and I, I, Norman, Norman and his amazing wife, you're there at the front desk, and the Rossies are there, and Jenny Ambler's there, and people are getting engaged. It's such an important moment. I honestly think, I think the most important area in the life of the church is outside by the cars. Where the apprehension, the people are going, should I stay? Should I not stay? Should I come? The privilege of that. And then, and then I look at Coach Oscar over there who's got busy life and busy, but he's serving the kids in the background. And then sometimes we've got single moms who bring their kids. And, and you know, we've seen it. Sometimes ladies come. We've had people drop their kids off in the morning and they do what they need and they come back and pick the kids up the second service. And I'm not saying I'm celebrating that as a strategy, but... <laughs> But where else in the world do people feel safe enough with their kids? Now, we've got to work hard on some of that stuff to make sure it is safe and make sure those people... But, but the privilege of seeing that model changes lives. Remember, we are, we are here to show people Jesus. Because we're not here to show people church. Maybe you've got to understand that. We're here to show people Jesus. Because when they see Jesus, lives change, and then the church shines. But if they don't see Jesus, we'll just have another organization of the world that's just a slightly nicer and maybe people don't swear as much in as much but but yeah but 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 it's got to be more than that and so the model is important the sacrifice that's why I keep telling the stories about Sergio comes and leads worship on a Sunday with the band and then just happened to they had a baby on Monday morning and and in a selfish world you don't do that but in the kingdom of God you buy into something that's different. Yeah. 
So I, I don't know if that answers your question. No, but. 100%. I remember one of the first uh, memories I have in Life Change Church. I wasn't a Christian at that stage, didn't want to be in church, but my friend called me four times that, um, th that week and said, uh, there are young people, uh, there's amazing worship, and there are girls. That's why you have to come to church. <laughs> so uh, a great selling point for a single guy, all the single guys here. Um, but but I, I pitch up, didn't want to be here whatsoever. The, the thing that stood out for me is that there was an older couple called Harry and Miriam, and they took 20 minutes of their time to, to sit with me and just make sure that I was okay. That I, that I knew um, who, who everyone was, that they got me a cup of coffee, and they just chatted to me, found out about my life. They didn't have an agenda. They didn't want anything from me. They just chatted to me, and that actually just stood out to me. The reason I stayed at the church is because I brought my friend the next week, and an, another lady sat with us for 20 minutes just to find out about our lives. And it was that impact. I didn't want anything to do with the church. I didn't want anything to do with Jesus at that point, but I'm like, these people care about me genuinely. And it's that reason why I actually kept on coming back, why I brought my friends and felt comfortable to bring people to this space. And so, because there's a bigger call, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so w when we actually carry that, and I love that you said it's about Jesus. Yeah. When we yeah. carry that, that our serving matters and our serving has an impact more than we know, actually every part of that is so important. But Norman, you serve at the next steps desk and you wave at people crazily and then some people go with wide eyes and just look at Norman. Um, but how do you get that faith to serve in the morning? How do you have that passion to come every Sunday with faith? What, what is it about? Yeah, well, uh, I've, I've found out that serving is, is, a, is an, 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 an outward expression of uh, a relationship that is inside. Wow. And, and you've got to focus not on the activity itself, but on the object of worship wow. with God. And you will encounter a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. Why are you shaking your head when you say that? Because that is life. <laughs> you are going to meet a lot of people. If you are at the doorman or if you are by the gate, you are going to meet a lot of people. But it is not them that you are focusing on, but it is one who called you. Wow. And... and and Jesus actually answered our, our question about service and passion when they asked him, which is the most important commandment. And he said, love God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, so good. you are serving God. And as you look at God, he is the one who is going to make you able to, to save any kind of person. I, I, I was touched by the, the first person that we met when we came to church in 2021. It's Jenny. I will never forget that day <laughs> because she made us feel welcome. And the following Sunday, she remembered our name. Wow. I had forgotten the name. <laughs> <laughs> I only had Is one this a name confession to right now? <laughs> I only had one name to remember she had met a lot of people. But when it comes to the passion, if you go into scripture, you are going to come across an interesting uh, connection between the word serve, faith, love, and, uh, and, 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 and sacrifice. That faith, if you look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, everything is held together by love. 
So you may, yeah. you may run out of steam at certain points in your life, but when you love God, he is going to enable you to serve Come. people. Amazing. I just, yeah. It's also, it's, um, I remember going um, on my first trip overseas and we went to some pretty phenomenal churches um, in America. And uh, there was something I really didn't like personally. It was that, that um, they all had Starbucks coffee shops in them. So you got Starbucks. Some of you say nice, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no one in those shops. <laughs> yeah, that person can leave. <laughs> Norman will greet you on your way out. But Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, but those Starbucks people weren't from the church. I asked them. I said, you go to this church. No, there were Starbucks employees being recruited by us. They were just working at church on Sunday. And I just thought, there's something about that that bothers me. I'm okay with the lesser coffee, but there's got to be the love, the handover, the touch, the, 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 the Jesus ministry. Hey, it's so good to see you. Those things change the game. And we fought for that. So maybe what you do and don't, don't know is that we didn't have a serving culture in this church at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, we used to, it was the, the burden and the, of the life groups would, and you would see it. Jerry's like, nodding his head yeah, right yeah. now. No, yeah. like, like the chairs, you just have one there and one there and like just rows like this. It was that, oh, we have to do it. It's our life group duty and the, this weekend. It was like the life group leader's worst nightmare. And, and um, versus a culture of actually we want to serve people. This makes a difference. It's important. It's not just about me. It's actually about them encountering Jesus. Um, and, and there's beautiful pictures we see in the scriptures of actually getting out the way so that people can see Jesus. It's, it's serving people. Even just talking with the worship leaders the other week, realizing that when they're leading worship, they're serving God first and foremost. They're serving the song, but they're actually serving people. If, if they're singing songs in keys that people can't sing or it's too fast or some of that stuff, or they haven't worked hard, they can't serve the people well. And there's power there. Sorry, Mark. No, no, I love that. And I just quickly want to boast about Jenny Ambler. So Jenny is an amazing lady in the life of the church. She serves, there you go. You know better than I do, Veeps, but Jenny has served the local church for years and years and years. But not only just served the local church, is Jenny absolutely loves people. And she serves on the next steps in the morning, but then she also will rock up on a Sunday at four o'clock and prepare food for the entire PM congregation. And she will lead a team and then she'll do link that very week and then she will do a whole bunch of other things and have people in her home. And I chat to people on a Sunday and they say, oh, don't worry, we've been connected with Jenny and we're in Jenny's life group and Jenny fed us and Jenny made sure that, oh, oh you were sick. Oh no, don't worry, Jenny sorted it out. And I just want to boast about you, Jenny, for a second because you are a gift from God. You are a gift to this community. You are... At... Come on. And again, it's just one of those reasons why serving matters, guys. It, it's more, it has more impact than you can ever know. It's a person on a Sunday that have, has maybe had the worst week they've had ever. And they see a smile uh, from you at the, at the hotshot station. Or, you, uh, or bully shouts out their name and it's incorrect, but they're like, yeah, that's awesome. It, it's those moments that can like, change a person's life. Why? Again, because we're serving Jesus Christ. And Jesus can use any moment for his gospel and for his mission. And so we all have a part to play. As serving teams, whether you're in the life kids, you have a massive part to play because you are 
championing the next generation so that they can know Jesus and so that they are also serving people and so that they can be the next Jenny with people in their home. That's why we do what we do on a Sunday. And even if you're not part of a serving team, as a leader, we have a part to play. And so that brings me to my next question. Kans, you've led in church for a while now and you've seen the value of people. As like a leader, what role do we have on a Sunday? What role do we have in this story? Yeah, I think we have a huge, huge role. Um, just because you're not a part of a serving team uh, doesn't mean you don't have a role to play on a Sunday. Just because you're not preaching um, or not on the worship team or whatever, you have a massive role to play. And I think the first thing is just to realize that this is your church. This is your family. It's not just the eldership team. It's not just Mark and I or Gabe and Fee. This is your family. This is your home. And so it's almost just like to have eyes to see and um, like we, Mark and I and the elders, we can't see everything and meet all the new people. And we need you guys to um, be a part of this team and, and meet the new people. You know, we are overwhelmed at the amount of new people that come on a Sunday. It's actually, for me, it's completely overwhelming because yeah. I can't get to everybody. And so I would even just encourage you, uh, life group leaders and leaders in the church, just to really, you have a massive role to play. Um, you know, whether it's just, don't talk to your friends all the time. I want to actually, I want to encourage you and I, I want to almost spur you on to just, <laughs> no, really, to really, because we see our friends good, all the Kans, time yeah. and we get very comfortable there and I know it's lovely to see our friends and catch up, but actually force yourself to get out of your comfort zone and go towards those new people and, and even if you struggle a little bit with, I've had to learn how to, I'm more of an introvert, I've had to learn how to have a small talk and conversation and stuff like that. It's not easy. But when you realize actually, and it's, it boils down to what Norman was saying, is actually, why do we do what we do? We do it because we're called by God and we love Jesus. And I'm, I keep repeating this, yeah. and sorry if you've heard me say this, but it's, it resonates so deeply within me is just that thing of, where Jesus came to Peter and he said, do you love me? And he asked him three times and he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And it always boils down to, well, because you love me, feed my sheep, yeah, look after my, sham, my lambs. And it must boil down to that, you know, but even just like practical things, eyes to see. I mean, uh, Mark often shares this analogy, but if, if it's, there's paint coming off the wall on, in your lounge or whatever, you're going to do something about it. You know, if you're seeing bathrooms that are looking a bit shabby or whatever, you know, come and speak to us. Let's, this is our home. Yeah, that's so great. So to almost take it on like this is my home. Take pride in my home and my people and my family. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. But, I mean, other ways that you can, um, you know, uh, have more influence is come early. Come early. Um, we've got prayer meetings that happen. I think it's um, 40 minutes, 45 minutes yeah. before every meeting. We've got prayer meetings. They really are awesome. Come early. Um, it really is just an amazing way to just kind of build faith, have faith for the morning, um, stay late, and meet some new people. Step great, out of Kans. your comfort Come. zones. We need you. We actually really, really do need you because <laughs> there's so many new people and we want to get them integrated. So get a name and just say, do you belong to a life group, you know, or do you know about our LinkedIners coming up that, you know, if they've got kids, we've got youth, you know, just try and get people a part of this, this family and community. That's, that's where I would say we'd need lots of help. Yeah. Amazing. Norman, you want to add something? Yeah. Um, I came across this statement that, that would maybe provoke you a bit. 
a job is something that is given to you and a career is something that is created by you. Think about it. You can have a job where you are told to come at this time and if you are not really enjoying it, you can't wait for five o'clock <laughs> just to go. And that is where it ends. You will think about it when you get back to the office. But when it's a career, it's coming out of you. You don't wait to be told. You it's can't known, wait yeah. to be on your desk yeah. to wow. do what you love. So serving, you don't, you're not on duty. I don't want to use that word. It scares me, honestly, when, when we say, I'm on duty today or this week, or I'm working this week. Serving God is not a duty. It's an expression of himself through you. So you can come here. They didn't put you on a roster that week, but you come here and you see that there's a gap. Mm. The, the thing that I've always told myself, when God points out or I see a need, then God has yeah. actually empowered me yeah. to yeah. deal or to meet that yeah. need. Yeah. I cannot go to Jerry and say, Jerry, I think there's a problem there. <laughs> you can. I we do, do all that the time. often, actually, yeah. <laughs> the fact that you've seen, you will be surprised. What you see, something is not right there. Then you go to Jerry and say, Jerry, something is not right there. And Jerry says, what? He doesn't see it. So God has actually given you the spectacles to see and then deal with it. So serving is a lifestyle. It's who you are. I think, um, I mean, if I look at the room, I, I see the Winters there, home group leaders, the Nels, the many home group leaders in the life of the church. Another area of serving, and, and all yeah. leadership is serving And uh, when it comes to the kingdom of God. But the, the, the amazing thing of doing church over a long time, doing community over a long time, is that in the moment, I remember moaning to Ken's, like these guys come, they drink my Milo and look at him, and that one didn't even help take his cup through the kitchen, and they got, but now 20 years later, and some of those people who were kids then, I did their marriages 15 years ago, I've had the privilege of doing baby dedications and celebrating weddings and doing, looking back on the absolute privilege of being in people's lives, the fiber, not just moments. I promise you, outside of the local church, it does not exist. It just doesn't exist. There's facades of it, and there's networks on Facebook, and, but people are not in other people's lives. They're in convenience groups and comfort groups and, and, and interest groups. But in terms of my life is for something, and I'm in that with you, that's the local church. And um, I'm so convinced that we have to keep fighting for that. And that's why I'm telling you, serving our community, serving our family, teaching my own kids to serve in the house and here is important and, um, and essential for our growing in Jesus. It might not be essential in making the service happen, but it is essential in your growing in Jesus. And I'm telling you, authority comes when we keep putting our hands up to say yes yeah. and to authority grows. Anointing will be what God has given and put inside in the Spirit of God, but authority to stand up and speak comes through sacrifice, through pain, through loss, through endeavor, through sowing seed, through generosity. That's where authority comes. Yeah. Jerry, you, so you grew up in the church, and I know that um, you, something that I can commend you for is always saying yes, saying yes to the next thing. But people have been around you to help you grow in that and have almost challenged you on that. 
why do we need to be together? What part have people played in your life to help you keep on saying yes, to help you grow, to help you actually step into the more that God has for us? Because part of this is actually we want to become more like Jesus Christ. We want to be part of his kingdom, part of his gospel, and he uses people in our story for that. And so how have people played a massive role in that? Um, I think, I just want to say this, I think... um, being in, in one community for a very long time is not easy. Um, and a family is not an easy thing. You, there is hurt, there is love, there is joy, there is crying, there's mourning. There's been many funerals that um, have happened in the church that um, have hurt, right? Um, things have happened. Um, but the cool thing and the, the beautiful thing about community is that you get to grow in Jesus together. Um, and, that, and we are all different people. We are all part of a different part of the body of Christ. Um, and I think having people around you is, it helps you um, become a better, a better follower of Jesus. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, if you're doing life on your own, I think that is boring. I think it, it, it just becomes <laughs> so boring sometimes. It just becomes so like, oh, okay, cool. This is, it's, it's me and that's it. But actually, Jesus calls us to, to do life together, to, to be in each other's faces, um, not to do life on the phone. And that's something we've been challenging our youth on, is that why do we do um, youth on a Friday? It's so that we can be together. Jesus calls us to commune together. Um, and I think for me, um, being in this community has helped me mature into the man that I am today. Um, that's great. Being in this community has grown me to be a better um, Christ um, follower, um, and it's, it's shown me how to love people as well in a different way. Because um, things, I think one thing that, um, that, that people, I think, struggle with in, in even serving and all these things like, is you get hurt, and things start to happen, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, like, and then you just kind of like stick to the hurt, and you're like, oh, this is what it is, but actually like, you're not speaking to people. You're not talking to people. I think, and what I'm trying to get to is that um, life happens, but Jesus stays the same. He is consistent. He is consistent in who he is. And um, people are going to hurt you, but, but Jesus is not going to hurt you. And staying in one yeah. community is going to help you grow. Um, it's going to help you become a better person. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, one thing I don't like to see um, even like I think we speak about in, in, in youth as well, is I don't want to see um, young people grow up in a, in a community and just because of one thing, leave. Um, so what, I'm, what I think what I'm trying to get to, Mike, is... Um, <laughs> Michael's like, where are you trying to get to with this? Um, what I'm trying to get to is um, people, community is super important. Yeah. Jesus did life with um, the 12 disciples. They weren't perfect, but he did it with them still. They were not perfect. So people here are not perfect. But if we focus on Jesus, I'm telling you now, we are going to grow together. We are going to, you find in the the book of Acts where where, um, Paul goes up to Peter and he's like, hey, this is, what you're doing is wrong. But there is is relationship there. That's why he can do that. So I think um, it's going to help you grow into a better person. Awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah. One of the statements that I think has helped me so much that Mark um, says often is a, a church without the broken is a broken church. 
And I think at the center of all of this is that we value people. People make the place. This isn't just a, a mechanism of like, hey, we want more people here. No, we actually value people and we want to see people raised up in Jesus Christ. It's on our wall. Um, and part of that is actually the people who come through these doors, the people who come here are broken. They, they need Jesus. They need his grace. And they may not even know it. And so it's so important to understand that and to have that in our hearts. But I know you've had almost a revelation of the lost, of Jesus' eyes on the lost, and actually we're supposed to have that same burning in our spirits. Just maybe before we close tonight, what is that? Why is that so important? No, I think, uh, again, you've seen a few things. I did church in the 90s, the 2000s. It's, it's, in the 90s, people came to church. There was nothing else to do on a Sunday. Shops were closed. I know some of you are horrified. Shops were closed. <laughs> no sports events. There was nothing to do. So, so people came to church, and, and some cities are still like that. Pretoria, if you go to Pretoria at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning, it's busy. They're just finding a church to get to. And so it's, it's different now. And so the, we, we have to be cognizant. There's a mission. I'm telling you, the church is in decline, numbers-wise, just so you know. And it's not hard behind the facts. And yet, where there is a desire to reach people and serve, there's growth happening in church. And I'm telling you, there has to be a mission inside of us that burns uh, and, and it burns to see people come to salvation. If you don't live with a revelation that this thing is real, if you are not convinced of the gospel, you will struggle. You'll get offended, you'll get tired, you'll get challenged, you'll see the cost, and you'll walk away. But if you are convinced that people need Jesus, firstly, yourself, and secondly, every other single person on the face of this earth, from Elon Musk with the most money in the world to whoever else, if, you do not, if you're not convinced, then we're missing something. Yes. And so for us, church, more, so Jerry talks, I mean, there used to be a big exit door here, wooden exit door with a big exit sign. <laughs> the, 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 the hall was, I can say it now, I got in trouble then, but I called, I described our facility as 50 shades of brown. Amen. And, and I, said, I said, we're going 50 shades of gray at the time. It was controversial. And, um, but, but, but we just, it was like, and, and part of that was an old way of thinking about church. That church is not a reaching thing. No, church is for Christians. We'll go and reach them by evangelism. And that's not wrong. But also understand our Sunday moments and gatherings, there are people on searching journeys. And they're landing up in church because we're still a nation that has an awareness that the church plays a role in society and calls people to that. And if we aren't maximizing that, we're missing out. That's, I, I mean, I came from a church where all the pastors went away at Easter and Christmas. And, and that was when guys got their first shot in the pulpit. So the worst preach of the year was Christmas Day. Every year. Anyone testify? You were there. Like, it's like the pastor, the way I'm like, and I'm going, that for me shows something. Because I know at Christmas and Easter, people are coming to church who don't normally go to church. And I've got to take the gap. It's like, we got to. And so those are just some of the, uh, there's a much bigger understanding. But yeah. Yeah. And I think something that I've realized is that actually, when I rock up at church, visitors come early. <laughs> So they don't come at 8.30 when the countdown plays or waltz in as most of the church in the 10.30 service 15 minutes late. Uh, it, they come early and, they, and they're looking around for people and they sometimes don't know where to go and they don't know whether they should stay in the courtyard or come inside and then they maybe 
arbing around afterwards and they don't know who they should speak to or what their next step is. That's why we use language. It's again, all this is for people. And so if we ask us like as volunteers, come early, there's a reason. It's not just because it's on a checklist and Fiona loves her checklist. It's not, it's not that. It's actually because people are at the heart of it. It's if, also Fiona's checklist. It is also Fiona's <laughs> checklist. But if we say, hey, find a replacement for yourself um, if you can't make a Sunday. It's why? Because if you aren't there, it actually has an impact on all of the teams because someone has to fill your gap and then actually we aren't serving our city well. And so it has an impact on the people, not just you not uh, coming on a Sunday. It's actually we're a team, we're part of the kingdom of God and there's a mission. We want to reach people, we want to reach those far from Christ and that's why we do what we do. So if you're serving, know that you have a great impact. If you're a leader in this church, you have a massive influence for his gospel more than you know. Just a small conversation on a Sunday can change a person's life that Jesus will use. And so I just want to encourage you is take that. If there's one thing is we value people, people make the place, and a church without the broken is a broken church. And so, but I know that Mark has an encouragement. I think we're going to wrap up the panel here. Were these guys fantastic? Give them a round of applause. So we're going we're gonna to take communion together, but I just want to share a quick something um, before that. I, and I want to give us a goal as a church. There are many goals, and, we, and we're not the kind of, here's the goal financially, here's the goal. But I want to give us a goal, and, and this is the goal, to be, and let me get, let me get, yeah, let me get there. The, the unoffendable church. You understand, the, there's a drug in this world called offense. People live and thrive on it, and it's worse than any other drug in this world. In Proverbs 18 verse 19 says this, A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. And I'm telling you now, people lose out on decades of potential beautiful relations because of our easy offendability in a world that is looking to be offended by everything. And I'm telling you, it breaks our ability to navigate together, we get on teams together and realize, shucks, we're different. We see church different. We see worship different. We see that stuff different. And the gospel's got to get into that place and deal with that. So the challenge says that there's this, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. A strong city is a, a fortified city, a city designed to not allow others to get in. Where there's a drawbridge that goes down, it's, a, it's only put down to let something and they put it back up. There's an inability. It's a city that can take siege for ages and be able to resource itself. It's a strong city. And men and women who are easily offended build these fortified cities. And so we end up being in communities, but never really partaking. We end up getting offended, but we live like we're not offended and we are just an island. And I'm telling you, and I'm calling us, this is more of a leadership moment to say that God's got to deal with us. And I think because we can speak about blessed are the peacemakers. Bless, I, I believe blessed are the unoffendable. Could, could you, uh, Jesus, his life was incredibly offensive to everyone around him. Everyone. His life, he, he offended his hometown crowd. He offended the Pharisees, the scribes. He was called the stone of stumbling and the rock of offense. And yet he was never offended. Just to go to, he didn't come back and say, hey, Peter, hey, we, we, we need to have a meeting. We need to have a coffee. I'm, I am still deciding uh, he didn't. All the disciples who ran away with him, he didn't. He got on with the mission. 
Now the challenge is, that I'm, this is what I promise you, if you do more than one month or two months in the life of any church, you're going to have opportunity to be offended. The opportunity, the open door will be there to be offended. But I believe the gospel calls to be us to be unoffendable. And I know that's a high, high statement, especially in a world where, where and, and so people come up with these different ways of dealing with it. We avoid, we just avoid that person. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how many people are in the room, you start avoiding people, you start missing lots more of the grace. We, we start deflecting, it wasn't me. We start denying or we jump ship. There's this, I hate to say it, but the table view whirlpool goes round and round. And we, we, we at um, Church on the Rise, and then we had View Church, and then we're back serving others, yeah, the best church ever, and then we go on. The problem is, I've been here a while now. I've met you three times. And, 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 and last time, and, and yeah, it's a challenge. And I'm not writing people off, but I'm telling you, it's a challenge in the church. I don't believe church is a life sentence, but I do believe that those who plant themselves, they commit, get dirty, get stuck in. I, I watch Madison and Craig with the youth getting stuck in all the time. I saw Timothy with the youth there, and I'm going, in. I mean, Jenny's done this. Mike knows Jenny me here, but I've known Jenny for, since I was eight. It's only 12 years, I know. But, um, <laughs> but, but I, I, Jenny was a friend of my parents, and then I worked with Jenny, and, and uh, uh, we did church together. That's a life of planting. It's a life there. So what you get is a life. And it's never been, oh, that's too much. It's, I've done that. Um, that season's over. No, it's not a season. It's a life. And, and I'm telling you, one thing that limits that is an inability to deal with offense. So one way that the Bible helps us deal with that, and I want to help us here because on your serving teams, you're going to have opportunities to deal with offense. It's one of the opportunities we give. With me, I'm going to give you opportunities to be offended. We all will. Yes, Quinton, yeah. Uh, we are going to give each other opportunities to be offended. It's your choice to enter into that space and stay there and suck on that drug or to find the ability to get past. And, and if you're struggling, the Bible does, Bible does give ways. It says in Matthew 18, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. This is not a suggestion as one of the, this is the way, just so you know. This is the way. Do this. It's hard. It's not fun, but it's essential. It says, if they, sin, if they listen to you, you have won them over. There's a winning over. It says, but if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And even if they will listen, even to the church, treat them. It's, it's a hard scripture. The emphasis of is win them over. The emphasis is fight for them. The emphasis is have the conversation. Don't let it get there. It's a challenge to us. There are manners and ways. Engage each other. And, and on Sundays, sometimes people are sweating. It's busy. There's a lot of people. And it might be the coffee team. They might be under pressure. It might be a mannerism of some. There are some people who have, when they get serious, they have angry face. And I've had to learn that. And, and, and you can help your angry face, if I'm being honest. If you want to serve well. You've got to deal with your angry face. Gabe had an angry face. I promise you, we called it the red mist. It's like the mist would descend. The very first Christmas service I was here, the, the sound guy muted his mic. Gabe had played his carols because he's a caroler. He loves his Christmas carols. 
in, he's on stage looking at the sun. The sun goes like this, hands in the air, just worshipping. Gaze mic not working. And I just saw him go red. He just went steady red. And, and, and over the years, you've got to learn. If you want to have influence in people's lives, you've got to deal with some of those things. But here's the challenge and here's the charge. Let's go on a journey of becoming a church that is, I honestly, blessed are the unoffendable. And one of the things, and, and um, Kasha recently challenged us in 1 Corinthians 11, it challenged us, says the, the Apostle Christ says there are divisions. I've heard there's divisions among you. Says, and, and Flippy struggled to believe it. Says, to some extent, I believe it. He charges the church, says, actually, don't have your own private suppers. You just don't like each other, so you just have your own little communion on yourself. Because that person offended me, and that person doesn't dress the way that I like, and that person's too young for me, and that... No, we, we make all these things in our head. No, we've got to break those barriers down. And it's got to start here. We can't preach it from a pulpit, but the core of the church don't buy in. It's got to start here. And I'm telling you, it starts by becoming unoffendable. I promise you it's possible because Jesus walked that road. And because Jesus walked that road, we can walk a sign and wonder miracle road of the same. And, and it's, it's the challenge, and it's even the challenge in the church of pastors. Once you go past three years, your, all your stories are done. I'm telling you. Some of you heard the same story from me a few times. Let's be honest. And, and, and uh, my jokes aren't as funny anymore. So it's easier to just move on. And, but, but to navigate life together, to keep preaching the gospel, to keep fighting for people, to keep getting in the muck and mire with people, to keep getting down and pulling people is the privilege. That is it. If you want to know what the privilege of local churches, that's it. If it's just the best preaching in the world, you can get that online. But it, I promise you now, its transformation power is limited unless it's in community. Unless it's rooted in something that looks like family. Unless it's rooted in something that demands sacrifice and pulls us into a story that challenges us. Where God gets all the glory in and through our ability to navigate and walk together. I'm telling you to be limited. So as we come to this table, we're going to have one of the challenges Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink of the cup. There's a self-examination. And I want us, even, I, I absolutely love that Janet shared that story about her getting on a plane and going and meeting, I think it was a family member, I'm guessing. And um, I mean, you want to see signs and wonders, you've got to respond to the gospel. You, you, if you want to, you get on a plane, have a meeting, get back, you know, you, and I'm telling you, that person, and I don't know, maybe they are liberated, but I tell you now, the chains come off our lives when we live free and we make those decisions. I want us to, can we make our way to the communion table? We're just going to take communion together. And I want to ask this, in the area of being offended, could we self-examine? Can't. We'll be out here in five minutes. I think Kansas brings thanks by now. Can we just maybe you can you can stand, you can sit, you can do whatever. It's it's 
I think part of the self-examine is just being honest. It's literally those words. Examine yourself. In this area, because the Bible does say, blessed are the peacemakers. The Bible does show us how to navigate relational challenges. It shows, and I'm telling you, it doesn't say this will be easy. It doesn't say if you do it this way, every time it's going to work out just the way you like or think. But it does say when we, God's ways are higher than our ways. It does say when we choose God's ways, Isaiah 55 challenges us that, that God is so much more aware. So much see what, what we think we know, our arrogance is we can think we can control it, control it more than no. He's just calling us to surrender. He's just calling us to trust. And I want to ask us, I know it's quite like a heavy thing we're ending. We started with Henry dancing with the chandelier around. How did we get here? I don't know. But, but I know we're trying to build something that, that broken men and women are going to look at and say, I need that. I tell you, that's why I came to church at 14 years old. I didn't, I wasn't actually broken. I wasn't, but I came to a church that, I, that people were leaving and going to plant churches in crazy countries. They worship passion. It doesn't matter how hot it was. And I thought, there's something here that is just not of this world. And I'm telling you, one thing will be our ability to navigate offense. And I want to ask us, I want to charge us. I'm telling you, it's one of the greatest maturing factors in our lives, our ability to get over offense, to deal with critical conversations, whether it's in our marriage, in our friendships, or in church. Can we just take a moment, just close your eyes just for a second, say, God, actually, if there are other offensive ways in me, but if I'm able to be offended easily, if I, if I, could you just deal with that? Could you take it and rip it out of me now? I want to tell you, part of it is having opinions on everything. I used to have opinions about everything. Until God said, "You, why have you got an opinion on everything? Where did I tell you to have an opinion on everyone's decisions? I don't need you to do that. I need you to have your eyes on me. It's just where we honor your presence in this place, God. Come, Spirit of God. Even as we come to the blood and this bread right now that reminds us of your body, I pray. Would you come and deal with us? Would you make us the unoffendable church? What if that was the test me of Life Changes Church? As our friends and partners and family meet in Century City tonight, what if you could do something that could set this city ablaze with us? So we come to this body that was beaten and broken. Your power is here to make whole, to bring freedom and life. I thank you for that testimony of Janet. I thank you for the many, many stories. I remember in Tubby sitting here, a belly full of baby, but I remember that testimony. Remember that story. I thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for the McGaws. And the miracle and the wonder of the story that you're not finished with yet by any means but you've been so gracious and so kind thank you lord thank you for the swats as jacques said many times actually outside of your grace probably wouldn't be a life and yet look now thank you lord 
Let's take up his body as we remember his grace now. And as your blood, Lord, that never fails. Even as we come and we laugh together and we tell stories, as we serve, maybe some in the room feeling tired, maybe some in the room needing to be reminded of the wonder and privilege of serving in your army, I pray, come, Spirit of God, and the reminder of this blood that was poured out, that we could keep pouring out because your blood never stops pouring in. Come and settle, heal, restore, ignite passion. Even as you can hear Norman speak, Lord, the passion is not a welled-up thing. It's not a man design. It's, a, it's from deep inside a revelation thing. I pray for a revelation of you, Jesus, and your perfection, the perfection of your blood. We give you all the glory as we remember our King and his blood that poured. Can we just hold our hands out to King right now? God is here. I feel like there are people in the room with, it's that anxiety of waiting for the clock to go off, waking up on the hour every hour. Not sleeping well. Right now, if you if you if you're struggling to sleep in the room, right now, would you lift your hands? If you're saying, actually, there's anxiety in my story, there's and and I, and I need to sleep. Would you lift your hands? Yeah, come, God. Thank you that we can trust you for these things. Thank you that your word says you give sleep to those you love. Right now, I pray rhythms and patterns that are out of alignment right now. Anxieties that are ripping and keeping people awake. I pray, come Spirit of God, move in power on your people. And I pray as we, our family here, I thank you for the faithfulness, but I call out the gifts. Call out the gifts, gifts of leadership, prophetic gifts, gifts of generosity. We call out the gifts in your people now, gifts of healing, gifts of healing, gifts of life. Call out the gifts in your people now, in this place, right now, in this moment, without a keyboard playing, just in your presence, we call out the gifts for your kingdom to be advanced. Gifts of teaching, gifts of order. Come God, come Spirit of God. We worship you King. Bless every person you have pray Lord. Thank you for this story that we get to be a part of as a family on a mission. Thank you that life is full of purpose. I pray for every person here where the enemy has tried to steal purpose, steal plans, steal, I pray God, purpose and clarity. 
clarity, the call, clarity of the mission, clarity of the story, clarity of your kingdom that is advancing. Pray blessing on families and favor on families here. Favor on families. Favor on Lynn and Rocks, Lord. Favor on this family. Favor. Go before them, God. Freedom. Where, where there's been a, a weight down, I just pray, Lord, they would be light on their feet. I pray that there would be blessing over them, over their family, over their dreams. I pray over the young families in this room, Lord, where the enemy is saying, you can't afford it, you can't do it, but you've put dreams, whether it's children or dreams. I pray those chains would come off, those lies would be silenced now. Come, Spirit of God. Ignite, 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 ignite your army. Amen, amen, amen. God loves you, eh? Uh, we can come together and we, you know, we dance and we do these things, but, but ultimately the only reason we can do any of this is because God passionately loves his people. He, he passionately loves his people. And, and so the only response we have is in humility to walk so we love you. Thank you for the privilege. We, we're giving it a go. Thank you to the teams who serve. We didn't even get to some of the details maybe tonight, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's continue to see Jesus change lives.